Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is an Audio Mint Original. Welcome to Nation of Animation, a cartoon book club podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brooke. And today, and today we're we not alone. We have a special guest. The most uh, special guest of all. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and introduce yourself, mysterious stranger. It's me, the old bean, also known as Jordan. All right, Brooke's fantastic. That's right. My twin Jordan slash the old bean is here with us today. You've heard her mentioned innumerable mm-hmm. times. Now she's here. All the hints and clues, the twist secret that Brooke <laughs> has a twin sister. You never knew. That you, we were hiding the whole time. Here she is. She's real. And her presence alone is a big hint into what we're talking about today. We're talking about everyone's favorite sports team, the Minnesota Twins. Boo. Uh, old Bean, what'd you think of that joke? Let's get a second opinion. I loved it. I Thank you. Fifty percent. That's okay. what any uh, comedian aspires for. That's a failing grade. Anyway, we are talking about the hit Disney cartoon TV show, Gravity Falls. Do you have another little bit, Ryan, or no, have you exhausted no, yourself? Minnesota Twins was good for me. I don't know what else you could want. That's as good as it gets. You're right. Comedy-wise. So Gravity Falls is a series that premiered on June 15th, 2012 and ran until February 15th, 2016. It was created by Alex Hirsch. Alex Hirsch, his other TV credits, he had like a smaller, you know, because sometimes we'll like have people who created stuff and it's like, and they worked on Mm -hmm. this and this and this and this, but he hadn't done a whole lot. Let's see. I wrote it down. Sometimes it feels like in cartoons, because he worked on, he was a storyboard artist for Marvelous Adventures of Flapjack, which was created by Thorup Van Orman, who voices Lil Gideon on Gravity Falls. And he also co-developed uh, fish hooks for Disney along with Justin Roiland of Rick and Morty fame. Yes, that's what I was looking for in mm-hmm. my notes. But yes, you're right. So that's what he worked on before. And then he pitched Gravity Falls to Disney and got the green light. That's also a little different because a lot of the time... It'll be like, we tried to pitch this for 16 years right. and Phineas we went and to Nickelodeon and yeah. yeah. And then it's like, oh, finally someone did it. But no, it seems like Alex, Alex Hirsch, you know, did pretty well, yeah. pretty quickly. So good for him. Although that success may have been frustrating for him because apparently he did not enjoy making this TV show That's or like true. he found it stressful. We'll get to that. Yeah. So the general premise, 12 year old twins 
Hey, Denver, like you and your sister. Correct. Dipper and Mabel Pines are spending the summer with their eccentric huckster Grunkle Stan, Grunkle is great uncle, in the isolated town of Gravity Falls, Oregon, where strange phenomena are constantly afoot. So these are boy-girl twins, which mm -hmm. is obviously different and worse. <laughs> Though I would say the worst, the worst twins yeah, I want to know, are break, boy, boy I was twins. I say, break down the hierarchy of twins. Girl, girl twins are the best mm -hmm. slash femme, femme twins, we'll sure. say. Then boy, girl twins, then boy, boy twins, because boy, boy twins. Oh my gosh, how insufferable. Damn, them Y chromosomes really tank the twins, They huh? do. Obin, your thoughts? Yeah, Obin, you rank would, the twins. I would agree with that, and I would also say that identical twins come at the very very bottom because yes, really they, they, they how easy is that to be identical and now, dress are the same all the identical same. twins like tied for last or is it like fraternal girl girl fraternal girl boy fraternal boy boy identical girl girl identical girl boy it's impossibly identical girl boy i guess identical boy boy uh i would say fraternal boy boy and identical boy boy are both at the bottom okay, but everything okay. else lines up okay. how you said okay yeah that's right I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't explain why, but it just makes sense to me. Well, sure. Cause y'all are twins and I'm not. So we I'm understand, never understand more than you do. Yeah. 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 Uh, Alex Hirsch also has a twin sister. She oh. was part of the inspiration for the show. And I thought this was funny. She always wanted a pet pig, which is why Mabel gets a pet pig named Waddles. Good she name. also voices one of Pacifica's friends in the episode Boys Crazy. Yeah, that's fun. Get in there. Yeah, family. I don't think she's like an actor or anything. You know, she doesn't sure. do things like that, but she got in I don't recall that there. being a major character, so no. <laughs> yeah. But like the old Bean is not a podcaster, but today she is. she is. Yeah. Yeah, so many parallels. You're bringing me into your work. He did the same thing for his sister. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Now you're not going to get a SAG card for this. I'm sad to say, but maybe you can't maybe join day. the union. Yeah. yeah, and no pig for me. No I pig. Guess. Not yet. Uh, contrary to popular belief, the show was not canceled. It did only run for two seasons across but, four years, though, which yeah. I think is fun. Hirsch said he had a clear beginning, middle, and end for the story and chose to wrap it up at the end of season two. And I actually do believe that because Gravity Falls was a really big hit for Disney. Mm -hmm. It got a lot of viewers. It won them two Emmy Awards. Like, it was pretty big. I think that they would have liked to have ridden that cash cow out, especially knowing the mechanics of Disney. Right. I was surprised to hear that it was not canceled and it, it was meant to be ended. But I think the storyline goes really, really well throughout the two mm -hmm. seasons. So that makes sense. And I will also say, I am a teacher and I taught sixth grade in the past. So this is middle school, beginning middle school. My first year teaching was 2017. So you said this ran for four years, correct? Correct. Yes. So 2016. Okay. So my sixth graders absolutely loved Gravity Falls and they still talked about it in 2017, 2018. So that alone should show how wonderful the show was, you know, popular <laughs> amongst preteens. One to two years later, the goldfish memories of well, children yeah. still hold on to and Gravity like, Falls. And like, you know, a lot of kids, especially now and even in like 17, 18, their big thing for years and years and years has been anime. The kids love anime. That's all they talk about. Like, is you this know, true, Obi? You teach oh, some anime yeah, kids? Sure. I, Man, I would I argue teach like from like eight until maybe like fifteen. That every kid. What kind of anime did they like? 
If you don't um, know the name, you can just describe the characters and I'll see what I can guess. I mean, everything. Like, obviously, like your most generic, like Pokemon and things like that. Mm -hmm. But damn, brutal on Pokemon. But. Yeah, yeah. They just love, they love it all. And well, I work in arts education as well. Not in, I'm not a teacher, but <laughs> <laughs> the these kids also love anime. Like, we're getting an after school program ready for this school for next year. And I asked the person coordinating it, like, what are they into? So we can like plan our lessons around what they're into. And she's like, they all love anime. We won. Mission accomplished. Banner drops behind won. me. <laughs> Absolutely cool. not. Well, I think it's interesting that you say like, you know, it ties up well, old being the Gravity Falls does, because it was actually supposed to be shorter. Because apparently uh, at first Hirsch wanted to end it after season one, because he thought making a show was too hard as like the showrunner. And then uh, John Stewart of The Daily Show convinced him to make the second season because his kids liked it so much. Uh, then yeah. he says, okay, I'm going to go come back to Disney. I want 10 more episodes. And Disney says, we only do seasons in groups of 20. So you have to make 20 episodes. Now he said, fine jerks but then it's over then it's the end well i can see especially someone like alex hirsch getting burned out because he's sort of an auteur because i read about like the writing process and things so they sort of like get the plot going and storyboard it as a group in a writer's room and then it's handed off to a writer to write the episode and that's not always alex hirsch but it is mm. sometimes and then even after that he said almost for every episode that he was not trying to knock his writers, but he had a very specific vision. So he would go in and rewrite like Dipper and Mabel's dialogue specifically because he knew how he wanted it to be in his head. Mm -hmm. So he really took a lot of creative control on that. So I can see how that would be like very draining. And apparently the cast did not know it would be the last season until they got the final script. Because Jason Ritter, who voices Dipper, was like, oh, well, what? <laughs> <laughs> but that's my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's gone on to continue working, of course. Um, speaking of the voice cast, it's like an all-star voice cast. Alex Hirsch himself voices Grunkle Stan, as well as Seuss. And Bill Cipher. And yeah, and Bill Cipher. Yeah. yeah, he's all over the place. Jason Ritter, uh, who is married to Yellow Jacket star Melanie Linsky. Wow, Jason Ritter got the life, huh? I know. He voices Dipper. Kristen Shaw of Bob's Burgers slash everything else fame voices Mabel. Uh, Linda Cardellini from the Scooby-Doo movies and uh, Freaks and Geeks voices mm -hmm. Wendy. J.K. Simmons, Oscar-dominated actor. Voices, Joined in season two. Yeah, voices Ford him. Pines. And they have lots of big guest stars. I just put some because there were so many. So like John Stewart does eventually come in to guest star. Justin Roiland of Rick and Morty is in one of the episodes we're talking about today. Uh, Award-winning actor Alfred Molina is a guest star. My man. April Winchell, who we've talked about on the <laughs> podcast before. Brooke's because, entry into the world of voice actors. Yes, because she's the voice of Clarabelle Cow and founded the website Regretsy, which I have talked about before with regrettable Etsy purchases. Uh, she just had some like little guest spots. Larry King voices Larry King's head. Um, which I believe he also did on Futurama. So it's oh, funny good. that he got to be his own head twice. Yeah, Nathan Fillion, John Oliver, Weird Al. There's so many, but they're all in this show. So a lot of people really liked the show, I think. Are you looking up who John Oliver yeah, voice? voice? I don't remember. Okay. Oh, Wax Sherlock Holmes. Okay, that's fun. Uh, in the same episode as Larry King. Sure. Yeah. That's, well, that's great. 
continuing on, we talked about where Alex Hurst sort of worked uh, in the writing process, because I've talked a little bit about the writing process. He said that finding a character-driven subplot was the hardest thing about writing the episodes. So, because he already knew the plot of the show, he knew what needed to happen, mm -hmm. but the like B-plots and things, those were harder. He said, the hardest thing to find a character story that actually uncovers, explores, or pushes tension on something our characters care about that is properly explored via the magic or monster or impossibility of the week. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that is the like the the tricky part of weekly TV is like making every episode have more than one thing going on mm -hmm. and it mattering. And like when it's done well, like in this show, it like feels really cool and earned. And I think that's like something that we lose in like the streaming age where like you don't even have to have one plot until like episode eight. Cause yeah, you can just be true. like, just keep watching. I promise this is going somewhere. And I would guess it was especially hard. Like in the second season that he had planned out for 10 episodes right, and then had to get 10 more filler episodes yeah. in. Although, Hey, season two has some winners. Like we're talking about, mm -hmm. uh, there's, you know, the episodes that we're talking about season two are very near together. And there's like a good string of episodes where it could have been any one of them that we talked about. So, I mean, solid show. They really weren't around long enough to lose their spark here. Yeah. And I'll add to that. We might talk about it later, but I feel like this cartoon specifically more so than almost any other show I've seen, you have to be paying attention and you have to kind of like follow along mm -hmm. and definitely watch from season one to season two. You can't really pick and choose because there are so many subplots that you need to know about for the end. Yeah, there's continuity, which is like not nowhere else in like kids media but is like less common is is not the norm except you know where it is the norm anime 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 always kids we're not talking like about anime today yes we are <laughs> gravity falls that's is an anime obviously that's why they love it then. that's why they love it they love their favorite anime is gravity falls dipper pines and goku are best friends in my new fan fiction Ooh, speaking of fan fiction, this was fucked up. Um, <laughs> when you go right. to look up the fan fiction for Gravity Falls, Ryan already knows. Let's see if Old Bean can guess. Guess the number one couple that people write. Get Please weird. Tell me it's not Dipper and Mabel. No, it's no, not. No, so it could be worse. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, let's see. Not it like does that. include Dipper. Not like in Supernatural where they like to ship the Winchester boys right. together. Not Dipper and Stan. No, it's not no, family. It's not incestuous. Okay, then, so. then I think this is fine, then. Whoever it is. <laughs> if it's All bets are off. It's Dipper and Bill Cipher. Oh. Well, I don't know. There's some tension there. Yeah. Maybe they can work it out. <laughs> anyway, that was funny to me. Uh, continuing on with a little background, the series was animated by Rough Draft Korea, Digital Emation, and Yerum Productions. However, when a sequence was deemed too important for the outside animation studios to work on, it was animated in-house by the storyboard artist and supervisor Dana Terrace. She's the former partner of Alex Hirsch. They broke up very recently. Um, I know, that is sad. And she's also the creator of The Owl House, which I haven't seen, but people really like it. I hear good things. Yeah, we might have to watch that we'll watch one it at some soon. point. Is Amphibia the show Brenda Song is on? Yes. You're trying to think of the other week? Yes, The Amphibia, Frog Show. Amphibia, The Frog Show. Okay. So as Not I spoke about the show. Emmys, like this show received a lot of critical acclaim, won two Emmy Awards, three Annie Awards, and a BAFTA Children Award, Children's Award. And both seasons hold a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So really, really well received. The Paddington of 
TV shows. And it's been cited as an influence for shows like Amphibia and the Owl House, but also Rick and Morty, which I could see that. Rick and Morty's very plot driven too. You know, you yeah. really have to watch all the episodes. I think I think at times Rick and Morty is more hostile towards its own continuity. Like it wishes it didn't have to uh-huh. pay stuff off. I think they really resented bringing like evil Morty back in season three. Sure. But yeah, and also I think there's like a similar like spirit of anything could happen in both mm-hmm. shows though. Uh, this was also a cash cow for Disney and that it had a lot of official merch. So it did, they did a lot That's of Disney, books, baby. including the journals, but then like different little like book spinoffs, like how they like to do mm-hmm. uh, things like mystery shack bumper stickers. There's also a video game for the 3DS. So they were really uh, rolling in it. Yeah, and I know that like Jason Ritter is very involved in like the post-production process. So like he would do little videos, shorts and things dressed up as Dipper. That's um, fun. Yeah, he was very into it. Kristen Shaw would too. Um, Jason Ritter still like tweets about it and stuff. I think he really enjoyed working on it. In an interview with Oh My Disney, Alex Hirsch claimed he had the beginning, middle, end planned out. We talked about that a little. He thought it would be two or three seasons and he had never created a TV series before and thought it was incredibly draining. So he wanted to end the season after one season and end it on a cliffhanger. So just like leave it up in the air. But as we said, John Stewart's kids loved it. And he told him that. And Patrick McHale, who created the animated series Over the Garden Wall, also said, you can't leave it like that. You got to keep going. <laughs> so that influenced him to keep it on the air. There have been a couple of broadcast edits after the airing. Uh, I took these from the Wikipedia. So there's a symbol on Grunkle Stan's fez. Uh, it was originally a crescent shape, which sort of remember resembled the Islamic crescent to a fish-like shape symbol midway through the first season's broadcast. It's probably a good, probably good call. Uh, when the series was on Disney Plus, the crescent shape symbol was edited out entirely. So there's a symbolless fez in the early episodes. Uh, it does remain in thumbnails and on the Zodiac wheel in the title sequence. So that's interesting. Disney has not commented on why it was removed. Sometime later, it was restored. So now it's back. So no one ever said anything. Fez that's what watch. they did. This I thought was very interesting. So in 2017, Disney Channel redubbed some of the episodes because Louis C.K. had a minor role as the horrifying, sweaty, one-armed monstrosity in We're Begin Part 1 and We're Begin Part 3. So these are both like the end of season two. Mm, he's a big head with an arm sticking out of it. Yeah, so after he was accused of sexual misconduct, they took him out and Alex Hirsch voiced that. <laughs> Rarely am I going to side with Disney, but this was the right move. Yeah. Yeah. I wish more people would <laughs> Drop dead, get Louis C.K. out of things. We don't need to see him. Yeah. Bill Cipher had a brief cameo in an episode of The Simpsons. Apparently the crew like took a road trip between seasons to like look for tourist traps and stuff. And they drew a bunch of Bill Cipher's like wherever they stopped. So there's just a bunch of Bill Cipher's like in Oregon, um, just like hidden, hanging around as graffiti and stuff. I think that's fun. Yeah, going off of that, even within the episodes, there are codes, cryptograms, and backwards messages in every single episode. You can find a full list of these on the Gravity Falls Wikipedia. Not like the Wikipedia page, like the Gravity Falls. The fan wiki. wiki. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because Hirsch's other show, he has a show on Netflix called like Inside Job, which is about like secret government conspiracies oh. and like the lizard people that run the world. And I think it's really curious that, you know, 
this show has a lot of like conspiracy ideas and Bill Cipher's character's design of like the eye of providence, like the, the pyramid on the back Illuminati. of the Illuminati. Yeah, Illuminati stuff. Like Hirsch is clearly preoccupied with like who runs the world <laughs> and like the notion <laughs> of like conspiracies and like uh you know the paranormal and the things that you're not supposed to believe and i i feel like in a in a worse world he's like an alex jones type and we're really lucky he decided to be like a tv creator instead of a really <laughs> conspiracy mongerer yeah that's true uh one example of one of the cryptograms that you can find pretty easily in every episode is there are whispers at the end of the intro if you play those backwards it gives you a clue for how to solve the cryptogram at the end of the episode like a little puzzle book so i think it changes you know every Mm -hmm. time they change the cryptogram Mm -hmm. so you know look out for it oh this was so fun i found this today uh on september 25th 2020 a gravity falls short was released on the disney channel youtube called call me maybe parody so it's mabel singing call me mabel which is a parody of carly ray jepson's call me maybe and i watched it today i thought it was so funny Nice. I really liked it. So go watch it on their YouTube. They have the comments turned off, which I thought was interesting. That's just but corporate. What do y'all think of cryptids? In general? Yeah. Y'all think any of them are real? I'm sure not all of them are real, but y'all think any of them are real? Well, we're from Appalachia. Yeah. So, so they're supposed to be around there, I think. All of them? Yeah, every single one. <laughs> which one? What are some? Mothman is in West Virginia. That's true. Mothman's West Virginia. Jordan, what do you think? Do you think Bigfoot's real? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Okay, Jordan says yes to Bigfoot. Loch Ness? Monster, not the lake? Loch Ness is 100% real. Yeah, I I believe. Brooke, Loch Ness thoughts? I believe in Loch Ness Monster. I don't believe in Bigfoot because I think people are probably just seeing bears. And we're like, oh, that's a person. They would have killed Bigfoot with hammers if they found him. Really large bear, but... Mothman? I wish. I don't know if it's true. There's this notion in like Appalachia, specifically in Great Smoky Mountains National Park, though. And this is sort of like classist bullshit, but there's this like idea that there's a group of like hill people living in the park who will Mm. come out and steal your children from you. Like, and that there's a big underground cave system under the park that they live in. Yeah, I see the problem with that. But yeah, if they're real, I hope they're having a good time. I hope they're having fun. I hope they listen to the show. We love you, Hill people. There are a large number of child abductions in that area. I don't know about a large number, but there was like one sort of famous one where like a kid went missing Hmm. and they like found some of his clothes like way far away, like in an amount of time that he wouldn't be able to get that far or something. And they're like, yeah, it's because the Hill people were planting them through their underground cave system. (laughs) No, what? That doesn't make sense. I'm just telling you what I've heard. Clearly a big bird picked him up and dropped his clothes. Maybe. (laughs) Great big bird. Okay, I don't, you know, that's all I have to thought. Well, there's some more cryptid knowledge for you. It's not so much like mythical creatures. South Carolina sucks. We don't really have any cryptids. We're missing out. I bet you have some. There's one in Columbia. There's the third eye man who's supposed to live in the sewers. Oh, I didn't hear about this. Yeah, the third eye man supposedly lives under Columbia, South Carolina in the sewers. Uh, like cops in the 40s saw him climbing out of a manhole cover and he has three eyes and no skin on his head and that's basically it he wears like a silver suit that's basically it good for him yeah anyway that's your little cri- yeah. that's cryptic I mean, corner he's not bothering anyone leave him alone i know right <laughs> mind his own business great 
So Ryan, you wrote in the notes, I see that you think that Gravity Falls is a strong example of a good cartoon town. Yeah, the, there's a real like ensemble here where there's a lot of characters and like families that feel like distinct. They have like their own like particular character designs that make them stick out in the background. Springfield does this. Uh, to a degree, Bikini Bottom has this, although, you know, the background fish can, like, swap voices and personalities depending on the episode, so that's, like, not, I mean, not quite the same, but Bob's I think... Bob's Burgers that, like, has Bob's Burgers well. is another good example. The, the Wharf has this in spades, mm -hmm. where it's, like, you see a rando in the back, and then in a few episodes, you might actually hear their name or, like, learn what they're talking. Like, Will Forte plays the little guy. He's always like, get him, get him! Like, what's his deal? He's just hanging out. Um, that's fun. There's the muscly people who are all lumberjacks. You got the corduroys. There's uh, the cops, Sheriff Bloves and Deputy Derland, which to Alex Hirsch's credit, gay characters in a Disney show, great. However, flag on the play, he made them cops. Yeah, that's true. All cops are bastards, including the gay ones. So that's unfortunate. But yeah, I think that like it's a town that feels like, I'm not sure I would want to live there, but I think that you're like, yeah, that makes sense as like a world. It's not just the Pines family mm -hmm. around here. Everyone else has stuff that's going on. Would y'all yeah, live in Gravity Falls? I think it would be nice to vacation like Dipper and Mabel for a summer, you know, spend yeah, a couple months there. there and then go back to wherever you lived. But yeah. I don't know that I would want to stay there permanently, especially like with it. everything going on. I like, you know, you never know what you're going to get. There's that mm -hmm. merman one time, yeah. the little gnomes who pop up. Now, so two things. One, as we see, you know, usually everyone else besides Dipper and Mabel don't notice the crazy fantasy bullshit going on. So for the rest of them, it's just a town where occasionally something is a little off. Um, but also the main thing I want to ask when you brought up the merman is uh, what's your favorite of Mabel's suitors across the show? Probably Mer Mermando. Mermando. He's probably Mermando. the nicest one. Um, you know, we have those terrible gnomes who are like, fostering as that goth kid mm -hmm. we've got puppet boy voiced by lonely island member yorma tacone <laughs> well several times oh i love several times the boy band clones and i also love her two little cartoon boyfriends who Chaz show up and all Skyler. the time yeah, yeah. those the are my favorites they're in the first episode just driving around but then late in later episodes they're purely fictional <laughs> which is very funny they're a little Mm -hmm. they're also i like that they're those two because they're drawn in a different style they look like from they're like from an 80s like barbie cartoon they're very uh like almost neon colored mm -hmm. and they look like they like should come with like malibu ken's uh play set they're great they're also way taller than everybody else yeah because they're cartoons yeah shout out within cartoons Chaz and skyler old bean who's your favorite mabel lover i like the gnomes i, I know that they're annoying <laughs> They lied to her and tricked her and everything but I, for the most part they're harmless and they want to like worship her as their queen Pretty so good. what more could you want yeah i get that mm -hmm. i mean everyone's least favorite is of course little gideon sucks also i like to issue a, a you didn't even know their names, their, names their names are xyler with an x and kraz so i apologize <laughs> So close. It's important that we Zyler got that on tape, though. Xyler and Kras. <laughs> Love them. And before we jump into the episodes, Ryan, you sent me this video on Twitter, and I know you loved it. Mm -hmm. And we'll we'll tweet it. We'll retweet it when the episode goes up. It's a video. Alex Hurst put out a video of his 
records with Disney standards and practices where like their uh, emails telling him stuff that like is unacceptable in the scripts and his like response to try and negotiate with like what can and can't be said on TV. They are draconian and obtuse and uh, outright stupid at times. They hate if he mentions the devil. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, you cannot mention the you devil. You cannot mention the devil. They, in an episode we're talking about today, uh, they go to Hoo-Ha's Jamboree, which is like an owl Chuck E. Cheese ripoff. They didn't like that because they thought Hoo-Ha was slang for uh, genitals. And he's like, no, it's what an owl says, not changing it. What's funny is the number of them in which he's like, I'm not changing this, get over it. <laughs> they sort of let it go. And there's wow, one Disney so easy to you know get I think if you stick to your guns <laughs> they're not prepared for that I guess the my favorite one is he says like in some episode where they have like a slumber party they make like flyers that says like there will be smooching or something and SP is like we can't say that that's lewd and he says I'm gonna change it to not SP approved and they're like yeah okay that's fine so if you go into episode you can see on the little flyers it says not SP approved and that's fun. Also, he had to like straight up bluff about uh, Blubs and Derwin not being gay to get their like hugs and like embrace in. He's like, yeah, they're just buddies. Get your mind out of the gutter, s and <laughs> Yeah, it's a very funny video. Uh, corporatization so is dumb. Ryan will have to tweet it out. I will. Well, I'll retweet it. It's not mine. But... Yeah. So it's episode time. Let's go. We're taking this in chronological order today. I have the first episode, then Old Bean's got the second, and then Ryan will finish Bring us it on out. Home, the triplet. So I chose the only season one episode we're talking about. I chose season one, episode nine, The Time Traveler's Pig, which is obviously a play on the book slash movie, The Time Traveler's Wife. This episode notably features the first little guest starring role for Justin Roiland in the show. He plays Blendon Blandon. I think he comes back like three more times. Yeah, he He's does. not in a ton, but he does come back occasionally. Yeah. Um, Justin Roiland and Alex Hirsch, I believe are friends. They met doing mm-hmm. other things, fish hooks together. And the so, Hirsch's guest star nice. on Rick and Morty. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. That's, that's like nice. a like a high school student, not like mm-hmm. a big goofy character, but yeah. Sure. So the general plot of this one, Stan sets up a carnival to try to take more money from the people of Gravity Falls. Mm-hmm. So he becomes like a carny boss. He's also in the dunk tank and like shouting insults at people, which was very appropriate. Because he's rigged up the dunk tank to be un- undunkable. Yeah. So he's just sitting pretty and goofing on people. That brought back some strong memories for me. Old Beam will understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> we used to go to the Appalachian Fair and there was a man in the dunk take and he had a mic obviously so people could hear him and sure. i thought it was so scary like as a kid what yeah, him yelling or being in the dunk tank him yelling okay he was like dressed as like a, a an inmate clown or something sure. yes he was he was <laughs> okay hey that people pay a lot of money sure. to shut your mouth and i feel like our parents were the kind of parents who would be like i don't know who would make us more visible to him so he could <laughs> talk to us they did not, but I, they would have. Well, if you'll remember the uh, bumper car incident, that's probably Tell us about the bumper car incident. We were way too young to be on the bumper cars. We were okay. like four, maybe, maybe five. I don't know, something like that. We were a little bit old, maybe like six or seven. I don't know, but we should not have been on them alone, especially. Hmm. And we were at the beach, I believe, and the, our parents were like, "Yeah, you guys go do the bumper cars together alone." So we got in the bumper cars. We didn't know how to drive them. They're very hard to steer. We got stuck. The workers had to come and like try to get us out from getting how stuck. Get stuck? The, we hit a circular. wall and we could not okay, like okay. get around. Okay. 
because we were too young and like it was very embarrassing we were both very upset and our parents were just laughing and all the adults would come and target us too oh no terrible so now we don't like the bumper cars in general i will never get in a bumper car again you like go-karts yeah we had go-karts nice we rode them up and down our street Mm -hmm. Did I tell y'all, I've told you about the, the go-kart incident I had at Frankie's Fun Park, right? No. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, I'll trade a, I'll trade a, a traumatic, like, theme park story for one. Uh, so when I was younger, I was like eight or nine, probably too young to be like driving the go-karts at like Frankie's Fun Park, which is in Anderson, South Carolina. And it was like a, like an arcade with a mini golf course and like a go-kart thing. Um, and I was just like driving around with some friends and like a worker was like crossing the street and I was like, oh, I better slow down. And I didn't, and I hit him and he landed on top of me and was like screaming at me, stop the fucking car, stop the fuck. And I couldn't see, I was a child, there was an adult, probably a teenager, but to me, an adult was like pitting me against the chair. Uh, we hit a wall and then like, he finally got off and I like, I got out of the, he was like, get out of the car right now. I just got out the side of the course and just walked back away. His leg was fucked up it was covered it was bleeding profusely that's one of the most traumatic things that happened to me at a young age one i've never heard the story mm-hmm. two it was his fault for crossing yeah. in front of the go-kart listen i walked i went back into the arcade i didn't tell a soul i did not tell my parents what happened i didn't tell anyone i was with i took that with me until today have you told anyone this definitely like, i think i told people like in college once i was away from it oh. no one who could have been there to be like what the fuck uh but now all our listeners know I hope that's not a crime. I hope the statute of limitations is out. This was 20 years ago. <laughs> I hate, oof, I don't like that, but oh well. This was a sad story. And yeah. really, I, I feel bad for little you because it wasn't <laughs> your fault. Anyone with, you know, some sort of common sense would know not to walk in front of the go-karts. I did. I did mangle that guy's leg though. His fault. Yeah. I hope he can walk. Anyway, back to the episode. <laughs> so there we go. We've, we've learned a lot about each other. Uh, so Dipper is hanging out with Wendy for the day. We all know Dipper has a crush on Wendy, despite their obvious age difference. Wendy's not into him. It's fine. Um, Wendy desperately wants to win this weird, like... It's like a duck bear thing. Yeah, crossover yeah. plushie mm-hmm. uh, from the stand where you throw a ball at the milk cartons. Sure, the milk bottles yeah sure whatever mm-hmm. one of them anyway so dipper throws it for wendy to win and it comes back it hits her in the eye mm-hmm. blacks her eye so dipper goes off to try to get some ice meanwhile mabel has found a stand where if you guess the weight of the pig you win it she goes up she the sees the pig. 15 poundy yep and the guy's like oh 15 poundy how much do you think he weighs 15 pounds he says are you a witch and then for the rest of the day, he gathers up a group to try to hunt down Mabel the Witch. But well, that's not a big thing. That's in ensuing timelines because the first time he's just like, damn, good. And then the second one, she's like, yes, I am a witch. Oh, and yes. He's like, well, time to round up the mob. Anyway, though, this is when Mabel wins her very best friend, Waddles. Series the regular pig. Waddles the Pig. So big continuity in Great this character. one to know where Waddles comes from. What do y'all think of Waddles? I love Waddles. Jordan, you like Waddles? I love him and I don't think we talk about this episode but the episode where he is able to speak in English and he's like extremely intelligent Mm -hmm. I thought that was the funniest thing ever that was a good episode he is voiced by known buzzkill Neil deGrasse Tyson oh my gosh but it is is funny to hear him say yummy yummy in my little pig tummy (laughs) 
So that's future episode. Of y'all's pets, who do you think is the most like Waddles the pig? For the listeners, if you don't know, our mom has four dogs and they're really like family dogs. And two cats. We grew up with them. She also has two cats that she has inherited from family cats. <laughs> uh, and then we all moved out. So she's left alone with the cats who she doesn't like. Thanks, Dad. So she has Charlie, Piper, Maddie, and Zoe. Zoe's old, Maddie's small, Piper's spoiled, and Charlie's a little baked potato. <laughs> and like, Maxine think, and William are the cats. I think we should say who we think on the count of three to see. Okay, we'll see if we're same. I think we'll too. both be the same. Okay. Yeah. One, two, three. Charlie. Yeah. Hundred percent. Charlie's a little waddles. Yeah. He also waddles. He does. Yeah. He looks like a little piggy. That's Charlie. Anyway. Continuing on with the episode. Um, so Dipper has gone to get Wendy ice, but right before he makes it back, Robbie, local emo kid who also has a crush on Wendy and is her age, has been at the right place at the Boy, right Robbie. time. He's brought a snow cone to put on her eye, and then he uses that opportunity to ask her out. So he's, she starts dating mm-hmm. Robbie, and Dipper witnesses it all and is heartbroken. And that's sad. Robbie is voiced by TJ Miller, who is like a sexual assaulter, mm-hmm. piece of shit. Uh, they didn't redub him. They should dub all his lines. Get in there, Alex Hirsch. He's in a lot of episodes, though. There so it is harder. I it. know, but I, I get why they didn't. Let one of the Sprouse twins do it just for fun. They're not doing Disney stuff anymore. They could be. What's They're Dylan on the doing? CW. One of them is. Anyway, in the meantime, this guy, Blendon Blandon, who's a bald man with glasses, he has come back in time. And he's part of a group from the future who investigates time anomalies and tries to stop them. He's from the year 2072. <laughs> yeah. The seven has like a tilde over it. So he has noticed some time disturbances here and he's trying to stop them. But the thing is, they wouldn't have happened if he hadn't come back. So Dipper time realizes problem. he's from the future and he can travel forward or backward in time. He wants to use Blendon's little thing to make it so he didn't do that with Wendy. It's like a time tape measure that yeah. you can go back with. So he and Mabel make up a plan. They steal it. And Mabel is all for it. She's helping too, especially because she wants to experience winning Waddles over yeah, and over again. she to chill with Waddles infinitely. So she's having a great day. Well, Dipper cannot get this right. He <laughs> keeps hitting Wendy with the ball. Robbie keeps winning. And he works out the math and realizes that there's only one way it's going to work. And that way requires Mabel to lose Waddles. Supposedly, this is the only way. Yes. He needs Mabel to like be there to like deflect the ball. But he knows every time that it's going to hit her at the exact same angle. Just catch the fucking ball. Or even better, don't throw it. Sure. Like, I know she wants the stuffed animal super bad, but like... I don't know anything else, man. Actually, try. Yeah. I mean, he is a child, so I get it, but still. So yeah, that doesn't make for good television. Yeah, that's true. So selfishly, Dipper decides to keep with the timeline where Mabel loses the pig mm-hmm. to her enemy, Pacifica Northwest, who we'll talk about more later. Um, and I picked this episode because there's this one scene and it's after Mabel has lost Waddles and there's like a big pole in the middle of the carnival and she's just hitting her head against it saying Waddles Waddles 
And he's like, ah, oh, she'll be all right in a day. And he uses a tape measure and goes forward in a day and she's still doing it. And he's like, ah, oh, in a week. And she's still doing it. And she's like, two weeks, a month, two months, the rest of the summer. And she's just still stuck there, sad about waddles. Fucked up reason to pick an episode. It's really nice animation. Like the season changes and the way that they show that Mabel's been there for a long time. Like she like gets leaves in her hair and you know, gets very distressed. It's very sad. Uh, but in the end, Dipper decides to do the right thing. Wendy still gets hit by the ball, and Mabel could have just not thrown it. Gets the pig. Before that, though, they go like back in time to several places because mm-hmm. they're fighting. So they're like on the Oregon Trail. They're also in the same spot. And just for a moment, you can see secret character Ford Pines in the doorway. Oh. And they, I read that they were going to show his six fingered hand, but they thought, no, that's I'd too obvious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen the show, eventually it's revealed that. Grunkle Stan has a twin brother mm-hmm. as well. And that's so you see times. him and you think it's just Grunkle yes. Stan. Yeah. But well, hindsight. Eventually, you know. Yeah. So yeah. things still end up all right. Even though Wendy starts dating Robbie, Dipper can accept it, especially mm-hmm. knowing that Mabel gets Waddles a pig. And Grunkle Stan does end up getting dunked eventually. Because the time guys shoot the dunk thing. Yeah. Man, Grunkle Stan is my favorite character in this show. I know really? it's always like Dipper or Mabel. They're great. But I'm, I'm, I'm a Stan head for life. <laughs> I respect his hustle. I, I like a good carny. I like a good huckster as the pro wrestling fan in me. <laughs> um, you know, I just like that he's constantly looking for marks and he's like, oh, he's got a scheme in place. Uh, and Blendon Blandon gets sent back to like time jail because he fucked everything up. So we'll see him again in later episodes, like try and get revenge on Dipper and Mabel and eventually working with them. So that's his little arc. So some thoughts on this episode. Ryan said he thought it was some great carny bullshit from Stan. <laughs> it's, you know, just rig up a, a dunk take that you can't get dunked in and just laugh at the audience while they, while they pay to try and shut you up. It's easy. It's great. And I've got some trivia here from the Gravity Falls wiki. So in line of series continuity, uh, you can see scenes from other episodes when Blendon is enabling his camouflage setting. So you'll see like the dinosaurs stuck in the tree sap from Land Before Swine, which is coming up later. The arcade from Fight Fighters and Scuttlebutt Island from The Legend of the Gobblewalker. One of the pioneers back on the Oregon Trail exclaims, by Trembly, which is referring to the fake presidents, well, real president, disgraced president, Quentin Trembly <laughs> from other episodes. Let's see. Dipper and Mabel leave behind several items in the past. So Blendon has to remove them. And he that means he comes back in several episodes just removing items. When Dipper and Mabel travel back in time to the late 70s and 80s, we see Ford Pines. That's his first appearance. This episode did pretty well in ratings. It was watched by 4.138 million viewers on the premiere night. Uh, that's pretty good as far as like TV shows go, especially animated TV shows. This is the first appearance of Waddles and of Ford Pines. Uh, Bill Cipher can be seen on the playing cards that fly off the table when Dipper and Mabel go back in time. Yeah, that's where you see him in this one. Let's see. Yeah, I think that's all my stuff. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The cryptogram for this one, uh, during the ending credits, there's a cryptogram and once decoded, it reads not H.G. Wells approved in reference to H.G. Wells' Time famous machine. book, 
the time machine. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. That's Jules Verne. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I thought it's a really fun episode. I always love to see like the twins like at odds and then coming back together in a heartwarming moment. Well, then good because that's that's the show. Sure, but sometimes <laughs> there's not as much tension between sure, yeah. them, or it's just like them mm -hmm. like saving each other, you know. Or sometimes yeah. it's not even really focused on their relationship. So I like the episodes where like they have to sort of fight each other and then realize that they're the most important to each other. Because I think that's true mm -hmm. for all twins. Wow. Uh, Ryan, you wrote, it's fun to hear Justin Roiland suppressing the urge to swear every other word. And that, that is projecting, but I do feel like, you know, Blendon Blendon is still a very Roiland character where he like stammers a lot. He like sounds like he's just like reaching for the next word like uh, Roiland does when he's like riffing with himself and Rick and Morty. I, I like to bet that in the recordings booth, he probably, you know, let a few fly just because he can't help himself. Sure. But I thought that was very interesting because like I said, Alex Hirsch, is kind of an auteur. He has a lot of like mm -hmm. influence on the show. Of course, it's his show, but maybe even more so than other writers, mm -hmm. directors, creators. Uh, so I mean, I would guess his stuff was scripted. It wasn't sure, improvisation. Yeah. And also not the besmirch Royal, and I'm sure he's a professional. Like he's done other stuff besides Rick and Morty. Like he was, you know, I feel like he first came into awareness for my generation as Lemon Grab on Adventure Time. Oh, sure. I think that's a definitely, you know, a much more concrete character. So, so no disrespect, Mr. Rowland. You just you just have fun with it, man. So final thoughts on this episode, Ryan? Oh uh, yeah, I like it. I think that time travel is often like sort of the worst thing you can choose to write about because it just opens you up to so many like logical problems. But I think this one keeps it pretty focused and, and like concrete. I think the fact that you like travel through time in the exact same spot is a nice shorthand, a nice limitation that makes it more creative. There's a great bit when Blendon is like demonstrating that he's a time traveler. He like disappears for a second and then comes back dressed as like Henry VIII and Dipper and we're like, whoa. And he's like, yeah, 15 years ago, there was a costume uh, store right here. <laughs> and that's just a good uh, like little swerve of a joke. Oh uh, yeah, it's a fun episode. Who doesn't love Mr. Waddles? Uh, Old Bean, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I agree. I too like the episodes where Mabel and Dipper uh, kind of have disagreements then come back together and ultimately they always choose one another over anything else and of course Dipper did that in this episode so um, I picked an episode that we'll get into in a minute but it kind of goes over the same thing so that that's my favorite arc in the show so I like the episode speaking of let's talk about that episode <laughs> So you picked season two, episode three, The Golf War. I love a good golf war joke in my <laughs> children's cartoon. Yes. So again, this episode really focuses on Mabel and Dipper. So this is season two, episode three. So very early in season two. Um, but season two, the beginning, I think had some some bangers. They were really this, this is the run I was talking about. Where it was yeah. like it's this one, then it's the puppet one, then it's my episode, and then it's like another hit and another hit and another hit. And like they all, it's just like high concept goofery one after another. I think I wonder how many of these are the ones that like the 10 that Hirsch had to add to get to 20 episodes. But it's it's time well spent regardless. But like this is not a like super continuity heavy episode, the Gulf War, and you know more power to it, better for it. Yeah, I, I think this one is kind of just more for the humor effect, but yeah. I, I like it just as much as the others that kind of build upon. But it starts out with Grunkle Stan 
offering Dipper some sand cakes. So Mabel's not in the scene right then, but she comes in a little bit later and she's super excited because one of her articles made it into the Gravity Falls Gossiper. Uh, but unfortunately, Stan reads the published article and there's actually one that's written by her enemy, Pacifica Northwest, about how W-necks are the new look of the season. And that crushes Mabel. And I love that part in the episode and it comes back later about the W-necks because Seuss, that's it's so funny. Yeah, he starts cutting his t-shirts into W's and at the end of the episode, um, he kind of gets a compliment from Pacifica. So that's super <laughs> funny. Um, but Mabel is crushed. And then um, later on, the family is just watching TV. And there's a commercial for the local mini golf course called the Putt-Hut that comes on TV. And Dipper notices this and suggests that they all go there. And I thought that was so sweet. He suggests that they go there because... Mabel is really, really good at mini golf and she really enjoys it. But I thought that was so, so sweet of him to suggest like, yeah, this is something that she loves. So we're going to go do that. There's no kind of like sibling rivalry in this episode. Which, yeah, he's there for her on this one. Yeah, which, you know, they could definitely have played on that, but they decided to make them on the same team, which I thought was really nice. Um, but so they, they decide to go to Hut Hut and they then, um, Seuss goes with them, the twins, and then Grunkle Stan, and they leave Waddles in charge of the museum, which is kind of funny. Their general manager. He's great. <laughs> yeah. So then when they get there, Mabel, of course, is outshining everyone. She's so good at mini golf. This is her thing. She's making hole, holes in one on almost every single hole. And then it comes to the last hole and she's getting ready to score her ultimate highest um, score. But she swings and her ball goes inside of the hole and it jumps out and she doesn't end up getting her highest score. So what they thought was going to be a super fun day for Mabel turns out not to be at this point. Loss after loss Shame. for Mabel. This is just not Mabel's day. But don't worry, it gets better. Okay. So, so after this, um, Pacifica arrives. She walks up, and it's like perfect timing. Like when things go bad, they just go really bad. So she walks up, and then I can't remember exactly what she says, but she gives an insult to every single character. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, oh, it's the Pines crew. It's like... Fat, old, lame, and racist. Yep. Because at <laughs> yeah. first when I watched it today, I was like, did she just call Mabel racist? I was like, what is it? No, braces. <laughs> yeah, the least, the least hurtful insult, yeah. but still. Yeah. She got off pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. So of course Mabel is going to challenge her to a golf off because she claims to be a really good mini golf player as well. So eventually Something happens and they can't play until later. I think it's like after midnight because it's, the, it's uh, uh, there's a thunderstorm and the king of the uh, places like there's like a little like pimply like teenager on a golf cart. It's like it's closed for the weather, mm -hmm. so they have to come back at midnight. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they don't they don't get to play until a few hours later, but that gives Mabel time to practice 
Um, and this is like the turning point of the episodes, my favorite part, because when they're practicing, they're at a hole with a windmill and they start hearing things inside the windmill. Um, and, and I think they like actually go and bust it open, right? The windmill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, they realize that there are these mini golf ball creatures living in the windmill and i'm sure you all will remember the names but they will ians yeah it's a play on uh old what's his name gulliver's travels yep. the lilliputians who are just yep. little tiny folks yeah okay yeah perfect yeah so, i went to i went to, to school one i read a book or two you were an english major i even. was uh don't hold it against me sure. listeners <laughs> Yes, I did not. <laughs> you don't really need. Here's the thing. Let me tell you all a little secret. You don't really need to read Gulliver's Travels. And I will not. It's more significant than it is good. We need to read it to get these little hints and uh, well, other. Yeah, that's it. You know, they're like the little people in the book. Anyway. Yeah. So, anyways, they're recognized this group of people, and it's so funny because they have like little groups within the little golf ball people. I think there's a Dutch group, a group of pirates. It's like every hole has a different like little like federation of, of little guys. Like the, the pirate ship hole has a little pirate. Little French ones. guys who, yeah, don't, speak who don't speak French. French. There's like miners in one who are the my personal faves. They have a standout oh, yeah. moment. Um, but yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so, 18 warring kingdoms of Lilliputians. <laughs> Yeah, and they're actually enemies too. You would mm -hmm. think they would like work together and be friends and things, but no, they're they're enemies. It's just like humanity, man, when you think <laughs> yeah. about it. And that's a parallel to Mabel and Pacifica too, which will come into play mm -hmm. at the end of the episode. Class warfare. <laughs> Although it's unclear which which golf ball people are the rich ones. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, anyway. I would say the pirates, but secretly. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like to flaunt their wealth. <laughs> yeah. But so Mabel and Dipper um, realize that these little golf ball people are living there. Um, they're supposed to be, it's, it's intentional that they're threatened by these golf ball creatures, but of course they're not because, you know, they're golf balls. They're too sorry. Um, yeah, they, they're, they think they're funny and they're amused by these guys. So um, eventually Mabel is asked to help pick which group she thinks is like the ultimate group. So they all kind of get with her and they want her on their side. Because she has like so, a sticker that says the best. It says you oh, the best. You the best. Grunkle yeah. Stan took out of her scrapbook and gave to her. Yeah, it's like a trophy sticker or something. Yeah. yeah. The best. Um, so she, yeah, she's going to decide which group is the ultimate group. Um, and they think that if she does this, um, Dipper and Mabel think that they will help her be pacifica when it comes to mm -hmm. the match because these golf ball creatures control the holes that they're they control at. the holes yeah and there's a, a very funny it. moment one of my favorite lines maybe in the series where mabel is worried that this is cheating and dipper says pacifica's rich she's cheating at life and then he gives the funniest like shrug expression he goes like like big deal and Never. that is true He's rich right. people yeah. are cheating at listen life. listener if you're ever in a position where you're competing against a rich person and you are not rich because if you are rich give that money away and make something of yourselves um but if you're not rich and you're competing against a rich person cheat it's okay you deserve a win over them yeah, God, like it. capitalism already let them win take revenge I'm glad they're slipping that into kids' shows because mm -hmm. that's really going to leave an effect on them as it should, I think. 
Hopefully. I hope they should keep they should have ate her. Eat the rich. <laughs> well, eventually the they parents. sort of yeah. become friends, but it's fine. We're not will, there yet. Yeah, I will say and the, this is like not this episode, but uh Pacifica's dad, who's voiced by Nathan Fillion, uh, does get his shit rocked in like the last few episodes, and it's good. It's deserved. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Well, speaking of violence, the (laughs) Dutch group actually kidnaps Pacifica. So, yeah, they think that they're going to win over Mabel by doing this. So they they kidnap her um, to try to get Mabel on their side so that she will pick them to be the best team. And it's a whole thing. They they argue with the other groups and. Um, they fight and feud and eventually Mabel, Mabel realizes that it's just really dumb and stupid to be feuding like this, which is kind of the um, lesson of the whole episode here. So she realizes that really winners are people who work together and, uh, and work, sorry. That's true. That winners are people who work well together Um, The golf balls actually end up realizing the same thing. So at the end of the episode, she kind of puts that into perspective and wants to work together to save Pacifica instead of um, being the ultimate winner for mini golf. That's true. There's a couple of fun things in this episode. Uh, If we're looking at like continuity things, on the wall near the 18th hole, you can see Robbie's signature explosion muffin graffiti. Uh, he calls it like an atomic bomb or something like that, but it's it looks just like a muffin. They make fun of him for it. Uh, Dipper mentions the Northwest family being frauds. We saw that before in the episode of Rational Treasure. And we also get that Stan's real name is Stanley for the first time, mm-hmm. as opposed to Stan Ford, who will come in later. This episode was viewed by 1.3 million viewers on its premiere night. So a drastic drop uh, could be explained by the second season or just like the day it was on. Super Bowl. Maybe. Uh, Although Pit Cola has been seen in almost every episode. It's a peach cola. Mm -hmm. This is the first time it's mentioned out loud. (laughs) There's a pit in the bottle. Because it's a good drink. She's like, oh, forget about the pit. That's a good joke. I would drink it. (laughs) I think a peach soda sounds delicious. Yeah. Pit or no pit. Uh, the episode's name is obviously wordplay on the Gulf War. Which, Hilarious. That's funny. Uh, there's a series of cut scenes that are on the box set, but we're not in the episode. In those scenes, you see that Mabel is revealed to be unsure what gender Waddles actually is. So, you okay. know, non-binary king. Waddles is Waddles. Mabel was originally going to have her column appear in the newspaper as a small bit at the bottom with her name misspelled as Dabble. So that would have been that even would have been pretty sad. good. That would have been pretty funny. They also combine dabble. <laughs> they also cut Pacifica calling Mabel fat as an insult. That's probably the right call. Uh, and Mabel also takes one of the Lilliputians and stuffs them in her pocket oh, <laughs> and takes it home. Yeah, little buddy. There's a bit. So when they're like golfing through the course and the little Lilliputians are like moving the hole around, that like every little hole has like a little like like. Looney Tunes ask like a bit of like physical comedy, like the pirate ship like shoots it, like the prospectors like move little wagons to block Pacifica's ball. And there's one where it goes down a mine shaft, and Dipper's like, huh, wonder what the little miner holes are doing. 
and we go down this is the funny this is my biggest laugh of the episode we go down and like there's a gas leak in the mine and they're all like don't do it don't move the ball you'll die if you go down that tunnel and they get big henry who's like a big golf ball guy to like carry it and he almost dies and it's played completely straight but it's just so like absurd and sincere that it uh, man it sticks out man it's good stuff that's comedy right there. Big Henry is the reveal of the cryptogram in this one. When mm-hmm. you look at it at the end using the cipher, it reads, remember Big Henry. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't die though, did he? I think he like almost died because I think he's in later episodes. <laughs> Love you, Big Henry. Voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson. I don't know what else he does. He's uh, like musical theater, I think. Oh. He's also, uh, he's, what's his, he's the sheriff in this show. Oh, okay. Yeah that's cool there's also another cryptogram in this one in the page section and once you decode those it says old man sleeping on the green can't help but wonder what he's seen oh there's that but yeah i would say i picked this episode to speak about because it has that same kind of uh brother sister bonding and not even brother sister because when i see a brother and a sister portrayed in other shows there's always that element of either like rivalry or just annoyance and we see that a little bit in um the series as a whole but this episode really we did not see any of that and dipper just wants to do a really nice thing for mabel and let her shine which i just think is so nice yeah they're in lockstep on this one because they have a common enemy the parasites of the upper class and the the thing that I like, I think like thematically I get what they're going for with like, you know, the the golf balls are like, you know, competing with each other is dumb. Let's get those humans. Uh, and like Pacifica and Mabel are like competing with each other is dumb. Let's escape here. I think it's, but the problem is there's no like money in the golf ball people. They're just, they actually made it up. Uh, like class disparity is real <laughs> and it's scarier than any monster. Uh, and like, yeah, uh, Pacifica is still not your friend, kids. Yeah. And she won't be until the end of the show. Yeah, and they kind, of, they kind of allude to that. They sing her praises for a little bit at the end, but mm-hmm. they're still like, well, she, she's still not great. Like, yeah, she, she still, still has. Yeah. And Pacific and Dipper actually have a little, like, will they, won't they thing mm-hmm. going on. She's obviously, like, into him, but doesn't want to be like, oh, I like this kid from yeah. the wrong side of the tracks. But he, <laughs> we see this more in the Haunted House episode, which is mm-hmm. this season two. Um, and he is not as into her. He's more like, no, I'm not this a sucks. class traitor, bitch. Yeah. yeah, like he doesn't want to turn Good on, on you, his Dipper. class. Get on you, Dipper. Don't, don't forget where you came from. Comrade. Mm-hmm. There's a guest star in this one. It's Patton Oswald as the head of the Lilliputians, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, well, love you, Patton. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> Good, good guy. Good I like this episode too. I like that it's focused on two of the female characters, uh, even though they're in a rivalry. Of course they are, because Pacifica is bad. I like. I always like a good Mabel episode. My second choice episode was Weird Begetting Two, where they break Mabel out of the little world she gets put in. Mm-hmm. I love that episode as well. Um, so I was always going to pick a Mabel episode, no matter what. And Ryan, I know your second choice episode was also a Mabel episode. Yeah, and she, she's a good character. I don't want to tell you. Well, Bean, did you have a second choice one that you were thinking about? That's a good question. I did. And actually, Ryan is going to talk about it in just a moment. Oh, awesome. <laughs> All right, nice. Yeah, I will add, add my thoughts on Ryan's episode because it's really good too. 
Yeah, my next choice was the next episode after this, which was the puppet one. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, what what a three in a row. What a what a triple <laughs> threat of episodes. You get fucking Gulf War puppet episode that's names escapes me, and then the next one. Like man, what a what a string. Well, speaking of the next yeah. one, let's move on Let to yours. Go. So you chose season two, episode five, Seuss and the mm-hmm. Real Girl, which is a play on the film Lars and the Real mm-hmm. Girl, starring Ryan Gosling. I love that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I really like film. it. We tried to look for it on streaming and it's not streaming. Hey, anyway. streaming. Someone put Lars and the Real Girl on so I can watch it. <laughs> um, so as, as listeners will know, uh, you know, in our real world recommendations, we often talk about video games. Uh, we're, we're a couple of gamers. I've, I've, I've written professionally about gaming a couple of times. So it's, you know, it's work for me. Well, well Bean a is a gamer as well. well. Bean's also a gamer. That's true. Fan of Stardew Valley. Logging hundreds of hours in Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing. Yeah, thousands of hours in the Switch YouTube app. (laughs) Yeah, some of my favorites include Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing. Yep. (laughs) Hey, two good ones to pick. Before we get too far into this, I just have to talk about the title because it's Seuss and the Real Girl. Notably, Lars and the Real Girl is about Ryan Gosling, who is sort of a shut-in character, and Mm -hmm. a sex doll. Right. So I think it's funny that this got passed. (laughs) Hell of a reference, yeah. (laughs) I'm sure. I wonder if Alex Church was like, I don't know what you're talking about. His name is Seuss, and there is a real girl in the episode. (laughs) I don't know. It's just not very, we're just not creative on this one, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Went right over at Disney's head. Maybe. (laughs) They never saw that movie. It's very funny. But yes, this one does feature a video game. The second episode to feature Mm -hmm. a video game. Season one had Fight Fighters, where Dipper makes a fighting game character kick Robbie's ass. Uh, He should have let him finish the job. (laughs) He should have let him kill Robbie in that episode. Um, But in this one, uh, so Seuss, who, as we know, is like the handyman uh, who works and just hangs out around the Mystery Shack, helping old Stan out uh, here and there. Uh, he is being super helpful. He's helps Mabel get her braces unstuck from a screen door, which is, is someone who had braces is agonizing to think about. I'll <laughs> um, say when I had braces, I thought getting comically stuck on things was going to be a bigger like day-to-day threat. It never happened. Yeah, it never happened for me either. Yeah, so. Old Bean, did you ever have braces? I did have braces and I can't recall a traumatic time that I got them mm-hmm. stuck on anything. Before. Yeah, I think as a kid, things I thought would be a bigger threat, like getting your braces stuck on stuff and quicksand. And I, I you know, speaking from privilege, neither were a particularly big uh, obstacle in my life. But yeah, so Seuss, uh, he lives with his grandma and his grandma points out that his cousin has gotten engaged and Seuss is dispirited by that because he thought his cousin was less cool than him. Uh, and Seuss realizes that he needs to do some growing up and find himself a love before his grandma dies and goes to heaven to be with the angels. Uh, we get a great, jo- another just crusher oh, of a joke where Seuss, where Seuss's grandma says, I need you to find someone before I go to heaven and sing with the angels. And Seuss says, and with grandpa, right? And she like looks to the side and goes, no, <laughs> he's not there. He's not there. <laughs> he is not there damn you That's know what very funny what a queen like living on no, after man. her terrible husband's dead <laughs> like not not serious your grandpa is not is not going to be with us in the <laughs> great hereafter delightful good job um he is getting romance coached by dipper and mabel who want to give back to their buddy seuss and they find a video game well seuss finds a video game no, different men will find it because they buy him buy it for him. Oh, called Romance Academy Seven. They all learn. find it. It's yeah. in like GameStop esque yeah. store, and they come across. He it. is flirting with the cutout of a Laura Croft parody yeah. when they find it. So, <laughs> listen, 
when I worked at a, at a comic book store, uh, we had like a, there was like a big, like expensive statue of Lara Croft that was up on display for a while. And customers came in and said some lewd things about that statue. I will not repeat them. That's it's a family show, but I was even as a you know I was in college. I was like, I was like, come on, y'all. I'm, it's this just is a disgusting. statue. Jesus it's a Christ. statue of a fictional character. Can we please have some yeah. decorum here? Um, but anyway, they get him this video game called Romance Academy Seven, which is I think a parody of the Tokimeki Memorial series, which is like a series of like mostly Japan only um, dating sims where you are like in a school year and you're trying to like romance like twelve different girls uh, at the same time um that's really just something that i thought was interesting that doesn't really matter much for the episode and anyway it's haunted says like, yeah. this game's been brought back yeah so like, many yeah, times there's a note that says destroy immediately that's something i think is kind of fun about gravity falls is that there are these like just horrible dangerous like magical things in the world and for the most part people just like live around them and they're just like yeah man the thing says it's haunted i don't know i i get off at five <laughs> like that's not my job to destroy the evil disc but yeah uh, so that he gets a digital girlfriend named Giffany, uh, who like builds up his confidence in the video game. And then when he tries to go out and like meet people in the real world, Giffany like escapes the computer and starts stalking him because she is a possessive, uh, uh, reductive picture of a woman, I guess. But you know, she is clearly literally constructed, so I guess that there's some wiggle room there. Uh, Giffany is voiced by uh, Jessica DeSico. De who is Tambry in this show, as oh, well as Flame okay. Princess in Adventure Time, Lucy Loud in The Loud House, which is a show I know you like. Oh, Obi and I both like Loud House. Obi, you like Loud House? Oh, yeah. We'll definitely have to yeah. talk. About we'll have you back on the Loud House episode. That's a, that's a promise. I can't believe you all haven't discussed it yet. We're building up to it, you know? It's one of the, one of the greats, one of the heavy <laughs> hitters. Yeah, I'll be back. Yeah. Um, so, Seuss actually meets a real girl, a human girl named Melody, who's a Jillian Bell from Workaholics, who also voices Nat from Bob's Burgers, uh, a favorite of, of yeah. ours. Yeah. Uh, who works at a meat store called Meat Cute, M-E-A-T-Cute. Giffany is jealous of this. Uh, at the same time, we have a B-plot about Grunkle Stan, who is scared about uh, the competition at a Chuck E. Cheese-type restaurant called Who Has Jamboree, and wants to buy out their, or at first wants to buy their animatronics, then just tries to steal them. There's like a badger, excuse me, there's like a badger, there is a, like a big old bear that looks like the big bear in the animatronic band called the Rockafire Explosion. Uh, cause I like, I, it also sort of looks like Freddy Fazbear from yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's. I looked it up. This episode predates those video games though. Wow. So I mean, the idea of animatronics being fucked up has existed as long as there have been animatronics, I yeah. think. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's also a video game series about, uh, like possessed, I want to say, uh, like animatronics. I've never played those games. I don't know, but I yeah. know that old bean students love they Five love, Nights they at love Freddy's the Five Nights too. at Freddy's. Also very popular, yes. All right, Obin, real quick, knowing just what you know from your students, please explain to us what Five Nights at Freddy's is about in as much detail as you can. Okay, Five Nights at Freddy's, um, it centers around, like you said, I think they are possessed. I think maybe, right. maybe they're like, no, no, actually, it's an abandoned, like, kind of like Chuck E. Cheese, not Okay. And they just left the animal animatronics there and so they are possessed now why people are coming into this right place, why go in there right so i think in the first one it's like a security guard is the main character okay, okay. and sure. i think they actually like kill people right yeah i believe so I the kids eat that a scary up. game yeah yeah 
Yeah. So the kids, I don't know, they don't really think it's that scary, which is a little bit alarming to me hmm. how far we've come. But um, yeah, I think they kill people and it runs for, for quite a while. So they must come up with new scenarios. And they have different versions, I think, of like Freddie and all the, his right. friends. I Because some of the kids in our like after school programs and classes will bring it up and they'll be like, so-and-so Freddie. And I'm like, who the hell is that? Well, that's uh, the Nation of Animation special report on Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> I, you know, who knows how wrong or right that is? I'm going to assume that's, I, I guess, I, how deep can it be? It's about sure. fucking scary Chuck E. Cheese. Um, but yeah. So those are the two plots. They converge when Seuss and Melody are at a date at Hoo Ha's Jamboree. Which I, it's very funny that the two adults are like, you know what's great? Chuck E. Cheese. Um, now, if I had asked you on a date to Chuck E. Cheese, would you have said yes? Probably not, just because I think their pizza is so disgusting. Yeah, the pizza is ass. Yeah. So if there was like a high-end Chuck E. Cheese that still had animatronic. Yeah, I'd probably go. I, I mean, like this, to play games. I'm describing Dave and Buster's. Like I'm describing like yeah. any number of other or like there's like a barcade near where we live. Um yeah. So yeah, I like to that. play games. I'd yeah. go. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, nice. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that is oh. melody. What happened? A regular Seuss and Melody. Yeah, that's us. Yep. <laughs> uh, I like Melody as a character. I think like she is like a fun person that feels like, you know, written to be a romantic pairing pursuit, but still like a person with a personality. Um, and, you know, she feels like someone that would have been nice to like have stick around, but she does move. Uh, she's visiting, it turns out, and she has to leave Portland in a few weeks, which is a nice, like, Seuss gets his win, but also they don't have to upset the continuity of the show. And Seuss and Melody stay together because mm-hmm. in later episodes, they mention like him video chatting her. Right. Which is extra funny because he gets to like have the girl in the computer, but she happens to also be a real girl. Yeah, so good for him. Because okay. ultimately, Su- uh, ultimately Giffney possesses all the animatronics and Seuss throws the disc in a pizza oven to kill her. Which is kind of sad for him. He had to kill his first girlfriend. Sure, but I mean, she was a, a stalker Terminator. So what can you do? Yeah, and then the little B-plot with Stan and the animatronics. Mm-hmm. He has his own statue called Goldie. Who is like meant to like, I think like do the thing where you like you put a penny in and it stretches it out with a picture. Right. Um, but when you try to do that, he like cries oil. <laughs> and like bleeds oil uh so it's terrifying yeah but at the end mm-hmm. stan accepts goldie for yeah. who he is and keeps him and the little credit sequence for this one uh because in every one of these episodes there's like something happening during the credits in brooks episode you have blendon like cleaning up all the trash across time in jordan's it was like a musical number that the golf ball people sing mm-hmm. uh and then this one it is uh in like reference to the hangover film franchise another weird reference point for kids in 2012 um although i guess that was just after the first one the first one came well out, like, this is season two as well so you're so. right this is later who knows when anyway the point is it's like a number of like rap like a fake rap song plays as uh we get screen like snapshots of stan and goldie the statue on a honeymoon in vegas <laughs> which is just you wild for that one alex hey as long as it got yeah. past s p mm-hmm. he was good so what do y'all think about this one some little like trivia ones for this one mm-hmm. so in this episode it's revealed seuss has never missed a whole day of work at the mystery shack sure. uh, until he gets obsessed with giffany fuck capitalism seuss take your pto it also is revealed that Seuss keeps a diary, which his grandmother reads from. Good for him. 
Uh, Continuity-wise, Seuss's cousin Reggie makes his first physical appearance on screen. He was last mentioned in the other video mm. game episode, Fight Fighters. Reggie, who just looks like Seuss, but with like a soul patch. Yeah, but Seuss calls him the poor man's Seuss. Right, and he is. He's right. <laughs> Uh, Grunkle Stan mentions his nights in a Colombian prison. They reference that in other episodes and show that the other prisoners hated him. <laughs> he says, no more Colombian nights. <laughs> you can see Robbie's little exploding muffin thing in this one again. Uh, so there's that. Uh, this one was actually not as well viewed as the other one. It received 0.8 million viewers shame. on its premiere. It's out. still a great episode. Yeah. What I like about um, like Giffany uh it's like design wise she's like very highly detailed like pixel art uh you know the fight guy and fight fighters also look like you know like a 16-bit arcade character but giffany has a lot more like detail and color to her um i think desico really crushes like the voice which is like it's like very like processed and uh like auto-tuned a little bit but like her delivery has that like sort of like stammering like every word sound like it was recorded separately that video game like the like, computer voices have but it still has this like obsessive edge to it it's it's a good performance it's cool i think giffany like visually stands out that way in a fun little coincidence the american visual novel game doki doki literature club mm -hmm. which kids also love that's a wild thing for kids to like uh it was released on the same disney xd air date of this episode in 2017 mm -hmm. uh, and this game has a sentient character named monica who kind of resembles giffany so that's a little fun coincidence yeah i, I mean i think that like they are like branches off the same tree which is like you know crazy video game girl or like like dating some girl but bad um mm -hmm. yeah uh, another little thing about this episode alex hirsch revealed in at big fest 2016 that giffney is not dead hey, good for her and it was confirmed in the gravity falls journal three that right before her disc was destroyed she jumped into the fight fighters cabinet hey good for her just hang out in there so that's, yeah that's very wreck it ralph where you're just like someone else is in the game suddenly and it's like okay I've seen Wreck-It Ralph. I have not. The movie's all right. I didn't see the second one, but yeah, second one not as good. I believe it. Didn't look as good. Well, Bean, what did you think about this episode? I really like this episode, and I this was my second choice. And I think what I I like most about it is um, Seuss and his grandma. Like I would watch a spinoff. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, they, they, and they have the funniest, both of them, have the funniest one-liners, especially in this episode, and I think they just make it, but yeah. She's I, there at the end, uh, like, she watched the whole thing, and different yeah. and were like, why are you here? And she's like, Seuss's life is my soap opera. Like, yeah, I love yeah. this crazy kid. Yeah, so I would definitely watch a spinoff, so Alex could get on that, and that would be great. Seuss and the real grandma. Yeah, well, as a... Uh, eagle-eared listeners and ryan knows old beat and i also have a grandmother that we wow. love very much so <laughs> we're the yeah, same we're similar, just like yeah. he's just like me for real your, your grandma your grammy is also hilarious she's she a deeply funny, funny person really good one-liners and i think our lives are like her soap opera too <laughs> <laughs> she I always agree. wants to know what's happening yes well great um some little cryptograms in this one the binary on the computer screen during giffany's backstory says you know a combination of zeros and ones that means space jam too <laughs> well hey prophetic uh and then the cryptogram if you translate it 
it spells out anything can happen with some of the letters replaced with D's and P's. Why? Sure. Don't know. Some for the thingy. Who knows? And then <laughs> another very funny cryptogram in this one is it references Sailor Moon and it says winning hearts by daylight, possessing robots by moonlight. Her emotional baggage is a real fight. She has the one name, Giffany. Oh, yeah. Man, so we, that's fun. We got to talk about Sailor Moon at some point. I have not seen Sailor Moon. Yeah, so. it looks pretty good. I've heard the title, which yeah. is how I knew what that was referencing. Yeah, I like this episode too. I really like to see Seuss get a win because he does not always. So he really deserved it. Good dude. Seuss is solid. And this is one where the twins sort of take a back seat. They're there to help, mm -hmm. but they're not the main focus. This is a good, like, I think, you know, like, you're right. They're not like the A plot, but I think this is one that is like, shows how Mabel is not Louise Belcher mm -hmm. and like obviously Kristen Shaw is a professional actor she knows how to differentiate characters but I think like for the voice Kristen Shaw has a distinct voice but Mabel and Louise do sound extremely different they have like mm -hmm. very different energies and very different like presences uh and I think that shows you how effective a uh, voice acting can be so shout outs to you Kristen Shaw <laughs> We're always singing her praises. She's, she's good. <laughs> Sarah Lynn too. Completely That's different true. energy. Yeah. So those are our episodes. So who's ready for our bonus segment this week? I am. As this is a show about twins, uh, I am going to ask the, the Smith twins a series of questions about each other in this segment called Ryan's Twintastic Tower of Truth. Ooh. I'm going to ask each of you questions about the twin. And I would also like you to have your answers about yourself prepared. So it's kind of like the newlywed game, but for, you know, twins. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, cool. So are we ready for the first question? Yes. What is your twin's earliest memory of you? Oh my goodness. I may have prepared too many questions. All right, I have my answer. Okay, do you also know what your first memory of Jordan is to compare to her answer? Yes. For you, great, okay. So you do unfortunately have to come up with two answers for each question, one for yourself and I one for that. the other one. So what? who do you want to go first? All right, uh, since you asked, Brooke, what was Jordan's first memory of you? My guess is when I would take the covers off of her bed when we shared a room. Jordan, uh, is that correct? I, I was literally going to say, and I don't know, yes, I don't know if it's because we have... <laughs> We have seen this picture so many times. We've also been told this story so many times. It's but I have to know what's a real memory mm. and what is just something people told. Sure. But we'll yeah. get through it. But yes, I think that, yeah, I would agree with that. And again, I don't know if um, that's just the picture, but I that was my first memory. Yes. Great. Uh, and Okay. Yeah. Great. And Jordan, what is Brooke's first memory of you? I'm gonna say something. I have two things. Two things I'm thinking about. Okay, let's hear. Let's hear both. Okay. If either one is correct, we'll give you half credit. One is very similar to that situation, and again, <laughs> I don't know if it's because it is. <laughs> told us this. We had these little cars. I guess that you could drive, and one person could be a passenger, and apparently. Brooke always had to be the driver and I was always the passenger, but I, apparently I was okay with that too. Oh, good. My second one is something that we both do not know if it's a memory 
know exactly what it is. A fever dream. And okay, go ahead and say what it is. Okay. Um, so our mother says this didn't happen, but Jordan and I know it did. We were at a park and we were chased by geese Mm -hmm. and we were with our mom and our grandmother. And I think our great grandmother. Yes. Yes. Wow. Four generations of Smith women. Yeah. She passed away when we were five. So we, I think we were probably like three here, two or three. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we were being chased by geese at Still Creek Park and no one believes that this happened other than us also so. no one helped us i don't think wow so. yeah shame well some great first memories of each other <laughs> uh what is your twins favorite tv show okay i have my answer for what brooke's favorite great. show. what do you think brooke's favorite tv show is i think that brooke's favorite show is bob's burgers okay it's okay to watch casually and be be in the background and things sure brooke would you agree with this i would agree with that and i would say that's definitely my favorite animated my fave mm-hmm. live action though i would say is 30 rock okay but i haven't not watched glee. that in a long time no not glee mm-hmm. for old bean i would say her favorite tv show uh it might be keeping up with the kardashians i do love uh, now it's just the kardashians on hulu but oh, yes oh. i do love but I thought that Brooke would say my favorite show is Mad Men. Oh, uh, she does love Mad Men. Oh, Bean, am I imagining this? Do you watch One Tree Hill? Is that? Oh, yes. Oh, that, watch? That, yes. Okay. Oh, well, that, that's a good my one. answer doesn't count, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mad Men. Good answer. Netflix, you got to get Mad Men back. I know AMC has a streaming thing, but you got to get that one back, guys. Um, Tell them. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, if your twin was a dog, what kind of dog would she be? I know my answer to this. Hmm. And I, I, I think I'll guess at what Old Bean would say. Okay. Jordan, are you ready? Um, let me think about what kind of I would want. Um, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Brooke, go ahead. What kind of dog would Jordan be? I think that we would both be, but this is based on a personal anecdote, mm-hmm. little dachshunds. Because one day I saw people walking a blonde and a brown dachshund, and I thought, that's us. <laughs> but I think Old Beam will say that we would keep the family tradition and be mm-hmm. schnauzers. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow, that, that's a good one. I didn't even think about that, but we right. should be schnauzers. Uh, well. <laughs> schnauzers. I I thought that Brooke would want to be a border collie just because of Birdie and she may be part border collie. Wow. Pretty and good answer. I would want to be a, a little Yorkie because I've always wanted one. That's true. Oh, I also love a Yorkie. Well, Bean always wanted one that she would name Muffin. Oh, that's not what I would name it. Ryan would name a Yorkie bullet. It's like fashion, a little speeding bullet. I thought you'd pick a food name. No, not that one. Not a little bullet. All right. What do you think your twin thinks is the biggest difference between you? It's like, what do you, what does Jordan think is the biggest difference between you, Brooke? Jordan, what, what does Brooke think is the biggest difference between you? I know the grammar there is a little twisty, but I understand what you're saying. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. 
All right, you got it? Mm-hmm. All right, Jordan, what does Brooke think is the biggest difference between you? I would say our career choice. That's what I was going to say. Wow. Twin magic. Wow. We we read each other's minds. Perfect. Well done. If you found out there was a triplet that was separated at birth from the two of you, would you be able to welcome them into the family? No. (laughs) And I I think Old Bean would say no, too. I think they would feel like maybe like our other sibling, but definitely would not have the same mm. kind of twin triplet Dang. bond ever. Sorry. We also have talked about like if our parents had had more kids, we don't think that we would have liked them as much as we like each other. Mm. I think yeah. it would have been a hard life for them. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad it didn't happen because it would have been rough for them. Agreed. Not, yeah. not for y'all. Y'all haven't made, but... <laughs> Well, because here's the thing about being a twin. Tell me the thing. No matter what happens, at least we have each other. And we're generally on the same side of things. Like if there's like a family argument Mm. or something, we have each other to back us up. Sometimes every once in a while, that's probably not true. But almost all the time, we're on the same side. That's good. And I would say if you asked our mother, she would say the same thing. And she would be upset by it because she always says, you all are always on the same side against me. So it, it's a hard life. Yeah, you've been there for each other since day one. Yeah, and you know, I mean, and like, I if our dad was still alive, it might be easier for our mom because she would have him on her side. Yeah. But since we're a three-person family, mm. so usually She's how things voted. like shake out is our grandmother will join our mom's side because she knows that mm. we are together. Yeah. It does never just shake out with like what people think is the best, or is it always these party lines? Mm, it depends. Well, very rarely. We're we're almost always going to side with one another. Yeah. Well, that's good, I suppose. Next question: Do you think twins have a psychic connection? You know that I do, mm-hmm. and Old so? Bean knows this too. Does she know that you think that or does she know that it's true? I think she knows a little bit of both. Okay. So she can answer that. Jordan, what do you think? Are you psychically linked to Brooke? I, I think not in the way that most people would would think or like that you've heard about. Like, can we read each other's minds? Like, can I, I know what she's thinking? No, but, but I don't know if she, if she has talked, if she's spoken about this instance before on the show or not but she's going to have to again if she has because we did have an instance that was just you you can't explain it any other way Mm -hmm. so when we were in high school I played volleyball old beam play was a cheerleader and she was away at cheerleading camp this was like two she was two hours away and I was at volleyball practice and all morning at volleyball practice my fellow teammates could corroborate this I was like gosh, my shoulder hurts. And I don't know why my shoulder hurts because it was my left shoulder. I don't hit with that shoulder. It really hurt. Any kind of shoulder issues, fire. It sure doesn't hurt now. You know, I've never injured it. So then I get in the car at lunch because you got to go home for lunch for volleyball practice. My dad picked me up and he said, your mom has to go up to Appalachian State, which is where cheerleading camp was because Jordan broke her collarbone. (sighs) And I said to him, I said, what side? <gasps> and it was the left side. Wow. You're probably like, I don't know, and or care, you know, because yeah. really, who, whose first thought would be that? But yeah, yeah I knew. Left wow. side. And yeah. So we, we definitely think there, there is some kind of special connection. 
Also, one time, Old Bean and I were watching um, Beauty and the Beast with her now husband, and we both just started laughing. We were I laughing so hard, mm -hmm. and like there was no explanation for why we were laughing. I'm sure Hayden thought we were insane or just was frustrated probably <laughs> and we were just laughing and laughing and we both were thinking why doesn't he the beast just marry a bear and which is not that funny but to us it's kind of funny it popped it's into both funny. of our heads and we thought it was so funny like we just both fun. envisioned this bear wearing bell's yellow dress <laughs> that is funny oh, no. And we both yeah, thought it at the same time. So there's our um, connection stories. Wonderful. Neither of us has had a major bone break since then, knock on wood. Uh, people don't know this, but Birdie broke my finger the other day. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't, it's not a big break. So Jordan, did you feel any kind of pain when that happened? Which finger? No, I'm just kidding. No, I did not. It must not have been significant. Not strong enough. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. That's fascinating. Uh, final question. Do you think that Gravity Falls accurately depicts the twin experience? How is the twin representation in this? Yeah, I, well, since we are not boy and girl twins, right. I think there's a, a, there. a different dynamic. But from episode one, season one, I could tell that Dipper and Mabel had a special bond more so than just a regular brother and sister, especially, like I said, especially that's depicted in TV shows. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. I did not know that um, the creator was a twin himself. So that really makes a lot of sense. So I would say, yes, going off of his background, he knew like that kind of bond and like, they're always going to pick one another over anything else. I think he nails it there. Yes. Nice. I agree. I think, you know, someone who's not a twin writing about twins, and this isn't like a twin privilege thing. Sure. I'm just saying, I don't think you get it exactly right if you're not mm -hmm. a twin because you just don't know. I think that's true. Like siblings in general, for sure. But I think to, for sure more so with twins. But I think like you can tell when someone who is an only child writes siblings and it's like, that's disingenuous mm -hmm. i can only assume false twins running the hollow the same way <laughs> or more so even so yeah thank you for answering my twin questions you thank have you. scaled ryan's singular twintastic tower of truth thank you for asking them so now it's time for our classic closing segment real world recommendations i'm sure we're all prepared and all ready to go with recommendations from the real world who wants to go first Go ahead. Wow, the guest prepared. We love it. So it, I, as I said earlier, I'm a teacher and it's back to school time. So that's kind of my whole life right now. Well, I stumbled upon the, and I am very late to the party, but I stumbled upon these LED lights um, in like the discounted section at Target, probably because they're not really cool anymore. I know they were really popular with like teenagers. But yeah, last, I think teenagers are back on the Christmas light trend as opposed to LEDs now. Don't worry, it'll come back around. Okay, well, I'll, I'll just hang on to them for a little while then. But I put these up in my classroom and they are just so calming and relaxing. So I, I think I'm going to get some for our house. Nice. LED lights for your home. LED lights, color changing, flashing. 
Hell yeah. Brooke, what's your real world recommendation? My real world recommendation this week. I don't think we've done this one yet. Tell me if we have. Uh, we've been watching The Americans. We have not. So on Hulu. breaking news, The Americans. Mm-hmm. It's finished now. It's a TV series about Russian sleeper agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. Has a Mad Men feel, but set in the it's 80s. Period, yeah. And it just got moved to Hulu. It was on Amazon, non-Amazon. Yeah, yeah on Amazon. Amazon Prime for yeah. a long time. So I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, great show. Margot Martindale, one of the best living actors, mm-hmm. is on there. Matthew Reese, heartthrob. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie Russell mm-hmm. from Felicity and many others. I believe a season of House. Was that not her? Doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, yeah, great actors. Great show. Good stuff. What is your real world? Rick? My real world wreck. I have two. I'm cheating. Uh, and they are uh, self promotion. I do not care. So uh, first off, I finished making a tabletop game called For the Love of the Game uh, that I've been tinkering with for about a year. Uh, It is up on itch.io at Blank City Games. Uh, If you want to play a game, like if you like D&D or like you've heard of D&D, but you think it's too nerdy and has too many swords, too many dungeons and too many dragons. If you'd rather play something that's about like being in a chess club or being on a basketball team or, you know, I don't know, doing anything sports related or like team related with a bunch of friends, this is the game for you. Uh, I think it's pretty uh, accessible and like pretty open-ended. So I hope people enjoy it. Uh, My other self-promotion is a show that we are doing, a live show, a live performance if you're in Chicago. Uh, When you're hearing this, this coming Tuesday, August 9th will be the first uh, performance of our show Blue Moon uh, that I wrote and directing and Brooke is starring in at the Annoyance Theater in Chicago. Uh, we will be three consecutive Tuesdays, so that is August 9th, 16th, and 23rd. You can buy tickets for that at the Annoyance uh, Theater's website. And it is under the like larger moniker of like the triple feature because we're sharing it with two other short pieces. But uh, I'm really proud of this. I think. It's a lot of fun, and I think that you should see it. Brooke, what do you think about the show? I agree. Mm -hmm. Please come. Please come see our show. That's it. That's my real-world recommendation. It was easy this week. Oh, well, good. I'm I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. So. That wraps us up on Gravity Falls, though this is a show I could definitely see us revisiting. mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of episodes, and we haven't Mm -hmm. even talked about, like, the season finale. So we may come back to it in the future. Mm -hmm. And we were so happy to get the old bean on Yes, today. thank you so much. Frequently mentioned, uh, one of our <laughs> most committed listeners. Finally heard. Finally thank making her voice heard on the show. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. I was going to say that I'm your biggest fan, and I am so glad that I finally um, got to be on the show, especially focusing on a twin-centered um series so that's been really nice and if you want to be more like the old bean uh don't forget to give us a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice and tell your friends all about us so that's the pod and until next time the state of animation is twins Nation of Animation is hosted by Ryan Stevens and Brooke Aaron Smith and produced by Danny Mendoza. Our show art is by Hirvashi Lele and our theme music is by Jacob Minky. Be sure to follow us at Cartoon Book Club on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening.
It's me, the old bee. Hey, Not Memphis. Let's take that again without the dog. Ready? Yes. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.